has tried many ways of combating the forces of evil. Prayer, fasting, good works, and so on. Up until doom, no one seemed to have thought about the double-barreled shotgun. Eat leaden death, demon. This quote was said by Terry Pratchett, the famous English humorist and author of fantasy novels, primarily known for the Discworld series. He unfortunately didn't get to enjoy the game that he was speaking to as he passed the year before it released. But his quote still resonates and strikes a chord with all that take control of the Doomslayer. Yes, we are gathered today to rip and tear apart the story, lore, and world-building of Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. As Josh and I did with the two Ori games, we shall do with the two Doom games. We will discuss them together, but we will split them apart to give them a degree of separation. So, let's talk to the fine gentleman who will be joining me today. First, we have everyone's favorite AAA martyr, Morgan Barnburner. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am fine, but I'm not much of a gentleman. I'm just going to say that right up front. Um, I'm fine. No, I'm happy to be here, Shay. Excited to see how you uh, narrate a podcast based around story spoilers in a game you uh, famously quoted as not caring about the story. So that's true. That's true. I would, dude, you're right. Actually, as I was writing this, I was like, I just don't give a shit about the story. But so I this actually will be quick ha- then. I had a moment of clarity. I did have a moment of clarity, and we I, will discuss. Well, that later. if it's any consolation, I very much give a shit about the story, and I'll leave it at that. Good, good. Thank you for being here, Morgan. Next, we have the indie darlings, darling, Joshua Falfal. Hello, hello. What's happening? What do you mean? I don't know. You're the one saying foul foul. I mean, you tell me. (laughs) I gave you you guys different names today. Uh, We got Morgan Morgan Barnburner. We have Joshua foul foul. And we have, last but not least, we have the hentai connoisseur, Richard... Meester. Uh, happy to be here, Shay, and don't call me Shirley. Um, uh, you just pronounce my fo- my last name like every telemarketer I've ever spoken to in my entire life. So that's fair. I was actually going to say Richard Meester, but I fucked it up. So, hmm. Rich, also, if you want to do a podcast called "Oops, All Hentai," I'm there. Just for the record, I, I actually like. God, this feels like pulling back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz. I've never really seen any much hentai. <laughs> I feel like pulling back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz would be a great name for a hentai. All right, so I'm, I'm done. No, you're good. You're good. I um, Josh and I made the same face at that remark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't curtain, know how we come back I from mean that. something. I don't know. That's fair. And I am your slightly below average host, Shah Laypound. So, Le Pound? Uh, Le Pound. Instead of Layton. Oh. Le Pound. 
As is customary around these parts, these episodes involve spoilers. Admittedly, there aren't going to be many in these episodes, but if you don't want to be spoiled, I advise you go finish the games and come back. So come back now, you hear? Okay. Now get your shotguns and chainsaws ready, because here we go. The year is 2162, and it opens with Dr. Samuel Hayden, a UAC scientist who inhabits an android after his body succumbed to brain cancer, and his researchers attempting to extract energy from hell. Earth has run low on energy, so they siphon Hell's energy with the Argent Tower, which also allows travel to and from Hell. In addition, Dr. Hayden organizes multiple excursions to Hell to capture demons and artifacts. For science, one of the artifacts that they find is a sarcophagus that contains... The Doom Slayer, who was imprisoned by the demons years prior. Okay, so was the intro of this game successful in hyping you up to jump back into the world of Doom, Rich? Uh, I think, yeah, I think the aesthetic of everything kind of hits the ground running uh, in terms of, like you were saying, building up sort of that lore around the Doom Slayer. Um being imprisoned in his stone sarcophagi sarcophagus sarcophagi would imply there were many of them there was one uh the you know that you know it's it's a sarcophagus but he's just sarcophagi to his friends yeah (laughs) 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 Gus seems more personal uh like uh Gus um it was so dumb but I can't stop laughing about it much like Doom uh, uh-huh. so dumb, but I can't help but laugh at it. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think 20, Doom 2016 that we're discussing here really, it hits the ground running in a way that is the pure stupid fun I was in for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really think I can add to that. I pretty, just pretty much agree with you. Josh, how did you feel about the intro? Um, story-wise, I thought it was fine. Um, I didn't really get into the combat right off the bat. Like, I, I feel like that took me a while longer, but like, I was into the story as far as, as much as I could be. I think. That's fair. That's fair. Pretty succinct. For I remember guy. when Josh, I remember when oh. Josh played it the first time, not to jump in Shay, but I remember jo- we were joking with Josh because he just, we were all kind of into the intro and he was having trouble getting into it. And I remember we had many a, a debate about that, which I thought was interesting because um, then he ended up actually to some degree getting into the game pretty well. Um, yeah, it did, it did, I just remember it wasn't striking him at the time uh, very much. I, I think for me, like I... I the, it's weird because Samuel Hayden narrates most of that game in his creepy, you know, voice. The He's like it's kind of like robotic sounding, you know, because um, he's like a cyborg or whatever, right? And uh, <laughs> I don't cyborg even, would imply he has some human parts. Uh, it's just his brain in there, isn't it? 
yeah. I don't know that it's is it even it's, his it's, brain or is it it's just? Not, I don't. I think it's a just download like of his, his consciousness. consciousness. His consciousness. I just was laughing because Morgan said mm. his android, his android voice, and then he called him a cyborg in the same sentence. Did I say <laughs> Make android up your mind, cyborg? Man. Oh man, I didn't mean to do that. I always get those two. I, I know the difference, but I always get them fucked up. Uh, but I thought maybe it was his. It's a little mysterious. I didn't know if it was his actual brain or what. So that stuff is. That's the kind of fun yeah. stuff I do think is it kind does, of interesting to think about. It does seem strange that. That many years in the future, we still haven't managed to get computer voices to sound like actual people. Yeah. I think we're doing but, it on purpose to draw the distinction at that point. Like, they're like, make yeah. it a little fuzzy. Just yeah. so we, like, so we remember that he's a robot. Because it freaks him out. Do you yeah. think you could do that? Mm-hmm. It was, there's something about that voice I miss because it, it's, like, kind of haunting and creepy. And whenever I finally got it in Doom Eternal, I was like, oh, yeah, I missed that guy. But anyways, I liked the beginning. Uh, I thought it was fine. I really enjoy the pistol a lot in that game. So I used the pistol a lot at the beginning. Um, unlike uh, Josh, you know, he loved the pistol. I stopped using it after a while. Um, but at the beginning, I just thought the pistol felt great. Um, so it was, like, my weapon of choice. So that's what I remember most about the early portion other than just the Doom guy smashing computers and being really mad, so <laughs> yeah. he's grumpy. Cranky. It happens. It happens. Yeah, it was fine. I thought I thought it was it was good. I I wanted yeah I wanted to leave it last to you, Morgan, because I think you've played this game the most recently. I believe, unless one of you two, the other two have. But... Rich claims that he powered through it in a weekend pretty recently. I did. So around the same yeah. time Morgan did. Okay. Um. He That's was fair. pretty drunk the whole time, but I still think he remembers a lot of it. Oh, well, my personal business is my personal business. <laughs> That's right. This is this is not the not podcast the bot- of airing things out. Work. That's not how it works here, Rich. We're at work. Um, <laughs> That's right. This is work Sorry. time. HR man. complaint. I apologize. It's okay. We'll I'm going to, to HR, which is me. I was going to say is fish, but he's nowhere to be found. So <laughs> our HR department is uh, MIA. <laughs> Right. Just no, going there is just a big vape cloud. Succinctly, <laughs> I would say really, really briefly, like Shay was mentioning, they don't tell you a lot. You just know you're being awakened from the sarcophagi. Sarcophagi. There's a creepy voice narrating it. He, does, uh, he, he doesn't know them almost. that well. It's it's, it's okay. Um, you can call yeah. it a sarcophagi. <laughs> okay. Uh, shit, sarcophagus. Sorry. I was um, just like, I fucking got him. <laughs> and you did. You fucked me up. And then you're just like, okay, there's this voice talking to you, but you don't really have any reason to listen to it. And there's demons which you want to kill. So it's very like kind of just. Video game, you know, video game, the video game. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's story, the video game is pretty much what happens. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's not, that's not a bad thing in this case at all. I don't think. I think it works very well um, for 2016. So, let's <laughs> what, jump. What, is that, what does that mean? Is that a slant on 2016? <laughs> for, the, for that. No, thing? no, 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 no. It wasn't a slam at all. I'm saying that I think that because. We'll get into it a little bit later, but 2016 wasn't trying to have this, like, overarching, involved story. I mean, it had story, but it wasn't where Doom Eternal was. Oh, but... I thought, I'm sorry. I thought you were referring to the year. Like, it's okay for 2016, <laughs> you know, four years ago. I was no, like, no, oh, no, 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 back, no, no. Back then when <laughs> video games were so... Per- I thought I he gotcha. was just talking about the overall story of the year 2016, yeah. which I agree. A, it falls a little yeah, flat Tr- for me looking yeah. back. Trump was elected. It was a weird year. You're right. It was. No, I, I'm just going to refer to it as 2016 from now on because, you know, there's Doom and then they rebooted the franchise and it's also called Doom, but... Isn't that and, annoying? Let's be honest about that. Isn't I'm that kind of annoying? So sick of that dude god of war god of war doom doom bother me i don't run any wikis so (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough anyways let's get back to the story demons well 
whatever story there is. Demons rush through the Argent Tower and onto Earth, rampaging and killing after having made a pact with Olivia Pierce, one of the researchers. Hayden releases the Doom Slayer, tasking him with stopping the demon invasion and closing the portal to hell. After recovering the Praetor suit, the Doom Slayer escapes the facilities that are the facility, excuse me, the facility that's been overrun with demons, and he makes his way to a calm satellite dish, which is operated by the AI Vega. To get an understanding of the layout of his whereabouts, he cleans out the facility core and searches for Pierce, who destroys the energy induction filters. He follows her up the tower, but she opens a rift to hell, destroys the tower, and the Slayer returns to his own stomping grounds. Literally. Okay. So, here we are, thrust into the wacky universe of Doom yet again. I went back to read some of the other game's plot lines to see how this game connects with the others, but there are no definitive answers. Uh, for all intents and purposes, this may be a parallel universe in the Doom franchise. So do you personally enjoy them exploring different angles of the same basic story, or would you rather see the developers expand upon one storyline? What do you think, Morgan? I know nothing about Doom. I knew nothing about Doom going in. Uh, I still don't remember I know much about those old games, to be honest with you. I have good nostalgia for playing the original Doom on Super Nintendo with my dad, but I don't. Rem- I couldn't tell you a damn... When you guys told me it was about a bunny being kidnapped and him going all John Wick, that was all news to me. So, like, I couldn't tell you one fucking thing about anything Doom-related, which is, I think, why I enjoyed this sort of fresh restart more. Um, Rich was telling me some some stuff about it, kind of all circling back now with Immortal, and I don't know how that plays into the whole, like you're saying, parallel universe thing or what's going on, but that's That's more of a Doom Eternal thing, um, how it, it it all connects. But the Doom Eternal is technically connected to this one, so I guess in that way... It all yeah, kind of yeah. Goes. They, they kind of retconned the whole thing together. Eventually, yes, yeah. yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, weird. That's fair. That's fair. Josh, what do you think? Um, I didn't really care about the story before. It was just kind of a thing to have the really fun levels and gameplay in the other ones. So I was fine with them taking it in another direction. Um. I feel like they did a better job with the story in that one because it was something different. Um, even though it eventually, like I said, kind of got, you know, retconned into it. Oh, it's the same thing, same universe and whatnot. But um, I don't even know. Like, it's hard to say with this, like, like as, as like a general as a general rule, whether I'd like to see something new or kind of continue a story. Um, in this case, I think it was a good call to, uh, to do something new. Um, as a general rule, I'd probably say no, but I, I it's hard to say. Um, yeah, I think to it Josh, worked out to your point, one. they made someone like me care about doom mm-hmm. and that's means got to mean something, I guess. Right. Cause people like rich already cared about doom. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's, 
I think it's interesting that they just like for the reboot, they actually rebooted. They're just like, let's just go. Well, possibly, I guess this is all theory, but they just went to a parallel universe and they're like, oh, let's actually just start fresh. Let's just take some of what we built upon and just make it a new thing. I really like that they did that. And I think it, like you guys are saying, it allowed for new people to come in. I, am I wrong to say Seamless I always thought it was the same universe? Is it not it, the same? He, here's the thing. There's there's almost a parallel universe thing that um, plies into it all coming full circle in a way. Um, <laughs> oh, no. no, like 100% really there okay. is. No, I believe um, you. I believe you. But uh, it think of it this way. It's not even so much to say, like, this is definitely this not the same Doom guy. It's more like, okay... This doesn't need to be the same Doom guy. It might be, it might not be, but nothing that came before really matters in this context right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's like, something we're gonna explore a little bit later in, um, in these two episodes as well. Just from what I, what I was reading is that there are, in theory, three or four different timelines or, uh, universes happening within the whole franchise. And this one is a in theory a different one. It's the fourth one as of right now. Um that's the theory and I was reading about it, it got pretty extensive and then I was like god, I just really don't give a shit. Like it's interesting but not that interesting. So I was like that's cool. The people who really like Doom will find some value in this. So <laughs> it gets wild. When the original Doom with the bunny thing did you, how did you guys find out that that was the story? Was it in like the book or something, or what was the? How Probably. did you guys know that the original? Uh, it was okay. definitely in the book, but I, I don't remember the exact context of it. But like to say, even that's the story. Like it was as simple as like that was the setup. Was the premise? This, yeah, the yeah. premise There's is no... the Doom guy's mm-hmm. bunny gets killed by demons, and he goes on a rampage. Yeah. I feel like if that had been the beginning of the game, even if it was like one slide as a kid, seeing that would have totally changed my view of Doom Forever. Like if I knew that it was because a bunny was taken and killed, like I just feel like my young mind would have thought, perceived that whole thing. Right? Very you would have known he was the original John Wick. <laughs> it just would have added a very strange sort of flair to it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But alas, maybe alas. if that ha- happened, we wouldn't have gotten this game. So, and this game was pretty damn good as we're going to talk about a little bit later. So, uh, real quick, the Doom Slayer fights his way to a teleporter and transports to Mars. He finds a team, sorry, a tram, and he is led to Dr. Hayden. Hayden tells the Doom Slayer of the Helix Stone, an artifact that harnesses Hell's energy. So I have to stop us there for a moment, because I chuckled when I saw this, because I completely forgot about this point in the game. But when I was researching and I saw that Doom 3 had to use the Soul Cube to harness Hell's energy and then close it. But in this game, it's the Helix Stone. I mean, how many goddamn weapons are there to close Hell, guys? Twelve. It's like Jurassic Park. They just can't seem to find a way to stop, you know, fucking things up. Right? They could stop making parks with dinosaurs in them. (laughs) No, no, that's too... That's too... It's too easy. Much like in like the Doom universe, like I don't know how we were supposed to stop this. It's like we could stop using hell for energy. Well, yes, but they're the way it's they're addicted to the rush, Rich. We could not frack hell. The thing that I thought was interesting is it's framed is that 
they desperately earth desperately needed this energy and you wouldn't want to like imagine i was trying to apply this to our own sense but which makes me feel like a super nerd but imagine we were in such a dire place as a species where we had to mine energy from hell and the risks involved in that i know that sounds ludicrous I think we're pretty because close. it is don't we oh, but... do that now kind of <laughs> um go on no, I no, mean, it's it. fairly it's self-explanatory. Like, we've known for a hundred years that we are literally destroying our planet, and no one seems to be fucked to, to do anything about it. Well, but about yep. the mining part, like, where, like if we had to mine from... Like, yes, we're destroying our planet, but what if we had to get those resources from a awful, like, supernatural... Well... Well, supernatural <sighs> would be the setting apart of that, because we, yeah. we frack right now, and we still use coal which would categorize as a horrible place to yeah. acquire energy. But yeah, supernatural, that separates it. Absolutely. I don't want to offend people because if you believe in hell and heaven, then it's not really supernatural. Morgan, can't you? No, the, the definition good, doesn't good... change there. It's still supernatural. Uh, Yes. No, you're right, Josh. I'm sorry. Supernatural doesn't imply fictional. Yeah. But also, I, yeah, Morgan, think about it. As my good friend Barrett would say, don't tell me you can't hear the planet crying out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Final Fantasy made its way here. I knew it would. Barrett, big Doom fan. I, he's, yeah, he he's got a gun for gun. an arm. I'm pretty he sure he even likes the BFG as a he's, fucking... No, he likes the Gatling gun. He has a preference for it. Oh, he might use a BFG. You never know. One he's of his the, hands is scissors. He's the BBC, that's for sure. Um, no, it's... Go ahead, Chase. This is beats paper, I... bitch! And then he... <laughs> <laughs> this is off the rails. <laughs> Much like the game, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I just... I thought that little that that little nugget was funny. I was like, all right, Doom 3 Soul Cube, Doom 4... Or Doom 2016, uh, Helix Stone. I like Soul Cube. It sounds... I don't know. It sounds I like a, a, a weird cooking with... channel. Like I pictured like an actual cube cooking with like a soul patch and a beret and he's got a little bass guitar. He's like, I'm the soul cube. <laughs> Isn't that like um <laughs> wasn't there a Mr. Cube video game or something like I don't remember what it was. There's called. Intelligent Cube and then there's Cubert. I think I was thinking of Intelligent Cube, actually. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. It's all good. All That's right, exactly let's what that was like. <laughs> let's move on. They enter the Lazarus Labs to observe the stone. And they learn of the well, which powers the portal. They also learn of the crucible, which is a key-like blade of extraordinary power. The Doomslayer fights and contains a cyber demon, and then goes back to hell. He fights through a large number of demons in an onslaught to acquire the crucible from three hell guards. He goes to Vega's facility in the frozen north, on hell? Frozen North on hell? No. Anyways. Where'd you get... Yeah, I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was a joke. And he destroys the AI while making a backup copy. He fires up the well and he on a uses... Floppy. On a floppy. And uses... And uses the Crucible to destroy the power source from the portal. It's Crucible? I always pronounce that wrong then. I always thought it was Crucible. Here. I think it's just a pronunciation thing. I, I pronounce it crucible as well. I'll, gi- I'll give you that one. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I can give you one. Sorry, Shay. That's all good. A lot of smaller plot points occur during this entire story. 
but the obvious centerpiece is killing and rampaging. Did you feel a connection with following the Doomslayer's mission to find Pierce and close hell, Rich? Uh, I was just really taken back with Josh's reaction because I was going to go, yes, I did find a really strong connection with the killing and the murder. <laughs> uh, with the ripping and the tearing. Uh, that's, uh, what, that's what I want to hear. To, to like answer you on like a bigger plot thread, I wouldn't say I was like very strongly connected with it. I thought it was a simple and fine way for them to get the Doomslayer uh, from point A to point B. Uh in terms of just, like, he needs a reason to proceed through here and kill all these things. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. And I'm sure that's probably how Josh and Morgan, you guys feel. I So that section, there's a lot to unpack there, Shay, and I'm, this is, I'm only saying this because I'm, I'm the, a Doom nerd here. So when Olivia, there's a scene where Olivia leaps into the portal as sort of like, it almost looks like she's going to commit suicide or something, and she jumps backwards into the the well, I believe it is, or the the thing that fuses. It's um, the well, and she fucks everything up by by jumping into that, and I guess opens the portal to Earth for good, right, in like a very solid way or something like that. Um, and that's kind of a dramatic scene because you're getting to get to know Olivia, and it's just it's very simple, but just kind of the the framing of it. I remember that. Um, and then it's interesting when you're in hell, I thought, because you see Samuel Hayden find you. And I'm wondering, like, if they just kept the sarcophagus just hanging out there as, like, a discovery until shit went down. And Samuel Hayden's like, all right, I need to open this thing because uh, this bitch has gone crazy. Um, We've got so, doomed to slay. Yeah, yeah. Because they show him finding it, and it's interesting. It's all through holograms and, like, these things that you track him down. You see him locating the Doomslayer with, like, a team of researchers. And I don't know. They just—I think they do a good job of explaining it. And at that point, you're kind of laughing with the fact that they're using Hell's energy to fuel Earth. So, I, you know, there was enough touches in there for me to actually get— in, I was interested enough to see what was going to happen next. It wasn't some mind-blowing thing, but I wanted to know what was going to happen. So, like, to, so I make sure I understand for clarity— in summation, the story is crazy, but it's somewhat rooted in a level of believability, and you were able to connect with that. I think it was, I think very, I mean, the, the yes, exactly. Like, extremely absurd if you think about mining energy from hell, but I thought that how they framed it was, like, very sort of like a realistic interpretation of something ludicrous. Okay, that's fair. Josh, do you have any important thoughts to add to that, or... Um, not really. Like I, I I'm kind of I'm I'm there with with Morgan for the most part. Um, the the it's it's nonsense, but I never felt like it was. It makes sense in its own context. Yeah, like nothing really felt like it was violating the rules of its own world, even if they were dumb. Like it anyway. I No, I agree with that. I think that's what's really important. It's like, I think some stories when they, and not this one, when they go into like the supernatural or the extraordinary or they go crazy or wacky, sometimes they formulate these rules or these boundaries within their universe and then they will break those rules. And then mm -hmm. that always takes someone out of the game or out of the story. And I think that this game... <clears throat> at least up until this point or, or the, the franchise up until this point had done such a good job of 
knowing what it is, knowing where it wants to go, and staying within the confines of what it created. So yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you guys. Okay. There's a um, there's a there's a thing that stuck out to me where it's right around when you're talking about Shay where you left off where it's a small touch, but I remember looking at this wall and it shows all the employee pictures and you can read like what they did and it shows like Olivia um, and what she did there and it shows Dr. Hayden and it looks just like you, it's like an office looking thing. It's like where you'd walk around, you'd see all the employees that work for what departments they run. Um, you actually, there's a scene where you walk into Samuel Hayden's office and you can look around and stuff and he's talking to you and like they really g- like make it feel like kind of a corporate kind of building with like some little, t- some nice little touches I thought were cool. Yeah. I always like that. I like that in games, like that little, little bit of world building and a little bit of context um, that if you want to get it and you want to be more involved, then you just have to search for it. I think that's why obviously I've always liked um, the elder scrolls games or the older or the Xbox 360 era fallout games. Like you can be as, involved in the games as you want or not and i think that's what's beautiful about this game too it does a really good job of that i wasn't particularly engrossed in the story um feels like you guys were a little bit more engrossed in varying degrees and i think there was enough to offer there for everyone which is what i like there's one little like set dressing thing like that in this game that i always loved and it carries over when you're in the facilities like this in doom eternal as well which is when you enter, like, one of those combat arenas that's in, like, the facility, there's always, like, a PA system announcement that locks down the room and says, Demonic Infestation at Unsafe Levels, Ceiling Room. And yeah, I always just yeah. like that because that there's an implication there that there is a safe level of Demonic Infestation at this facility. Yeah. Right? And you've exceeded that. Like, one that. or two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, one yeah. or two imps, we're fine. Yeah. We'll handle and there's... it. Any more than five, though. We gotta lock it down. <laughs> it's a small touch, but I like that there's no human beings in this game at all. I, I like that. Other than, I guess you could say Olivia and you. Um, there's and no... Well, well, we'd established that he's just a brain inside of... He's still uh, a human being, he just doesn't have... He's not... An, or he doesn't have an organic uh, body. Well, that's what I mean, though. Other than, like, the three seminal characters which this game revolves around, you, Olivia, and Dr. Hayden, there is... You don't run into other. There's nobody else there. They've all been uh, possessed. Yeah, it's or, been. Go, it's gone to killed. hell for literally gone yeah. to hell. Uh, it for it some reminded time me of that point. I reminded me a lot of Dead Space going back through it. Not in a horror sense, but there's there's nothing. There's nothing I, there, you know. I think Dead Space is a way stronger narrative. I'm doing the thing you do. <laughs> well, look, no, I, I, I don't think I don't think Morgan is saying that the narrative of Doom is stronger. But the than, the atmosphere. The atmosphere, exactly uh-huh. right. And I would agree with him on that. I think that's a fairly apt comparison for the point he's trying to make, is yeah. that Doom doesn't try and bring in all these external foil characters to move things along. They keep it very much it about the characters them, yeah. and the story it's yeah. about. And uh, Yeah, I mean, yes. That, that prob- I'm sorry, Morgan, to cut you off. That, that probably is a better comparison when I think about it, because I think more so than even, and we're going to talk about Eternal, obviously, this iteration of Doom, like, the combat's definitely more hectic, but it tinges closer to a horror survival in the way it's telling its narrative and in the confined spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that, yes, that does come at the cost of seeing a lot of the same corridors. I will say at the end of the game, it does open up with some nice co- corporate environments and some different sort of hell environments. But objectively, you do see some kind of samey stuff. And that's kind of 
what happens you know yeah yeah you know? that's i think that was i love doom and i think that's kind of one of the things that kept me from putting it higher on my list that year is that a lot of the environments that you go to feel very similar to each other and i remember mm-hmm. josh yeah. having an issue with that as well um to some degree think, yeah. yeah we discussed yeah. it yeah the level design is kind of what stopped me playing for a I don't know. It was like a month or so before I finally went back and finished it. Um, yeah, it's because it was. It was just like I was just tired of it. And then I remember getting like one of the first open areas where they wanted you to like look around and explore a bunch. And I'm just like, I I can't. Like it's a, w- no. Wh- why enough. why do you want me looking at all this for this long? Like no, I want to get through here. But I I felt similarly, Josh, the first time for and I'm just being objective here. I felt the exact same way. But for some reason, the second time when I was trying to uh, get all the secrets and stuff, it it kept the environmental stuff more interesting for me, I think, because I was looking for all the I was finding a lot of weird stuff, all the nooks and crannies. And I'm not saying that necessarily makes up for kind of samey level design. But like for me, it it made it more interesting um because the level design as far as like where is is well done and the secrets are very intelligently done placed but i like from an aesthetic i agree that it you know i guess that's what i would say when i think of level design between between a the aesthetic of just like the the levels but b they trickle enemy types in so slowly at the beginning of the game um that yeah it just it felt like it dragged um getting through that intro section um yeah yeah that's fair that's fair i don't i don't necessarily agree with that but i 100 percent see where you're coming from yeah yeah okay <clears throat> let's continue on at last he finds and confronts pierce who has been transformed into a demon by the spider mastermind he slays them both the Doom Slayer returns to Mars, where Dr. Hayden takes back the Crucible to use in further research. Even though the Earth has been badly damaged by the demon invasion, Dr. Hayden insists that the Earth is too desperate for energy to stop their energy mining of hell. In order to continue, he transports the Doom Slayer to an unknown location and tells him that they will meet again. <laughs> the game ends on a cliffhanger. The use of a cliffhanger is to make a player, viewer, or reader feel the abrupt ending in anticipation of the next game. Taking into account the literary definition, do you think? That the employment of the cliffhanger in this game was object- objectively effective in garnering interest for the sequel, Josh. Um, I mean, yeah, we'd we'd been talking about wanting to see the story wrapped up for years. So like, okay, where, where are they going with this? And it turns out they're not. Um, nowhere, nowhere. We're just going <laughs> to ignore it and move on. But, uh, yeah, we were talking about that for a long time, um, about seeing how they, you know, what, what else there was to do with that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it worked well for him. I don't know, like long term, 
if it was enough to kind of hold up. I don't know if people were still interested in the story other than, you know, a couple of us. Um, Seems like they were hoping people forgot. (laughs) Well, yeah, based off of what they gave us, but... um, Yeah, I don't know. It worked for me anyway, as far as... I I, I think overall, they did... It accomplished what they were going for. Right, right. I think that... From my research, Doom 3 was the first one that got any real story infused into the game. Like, the other ones had next to none. But Doom 3, they actually tried and put some story in there. And with this game, I felt like they were trying to do some about the same level, but not to the level that they did in Doom Eternal. And so when they used that cliffhanger... I thought it was simple enough in the way that they did it to make you like to pique your curiosity to see where it goes next. Yeah. For me, for me, like I wasn't curious about the story. Like, so the cliff cliffhanger did nothing for me, but I just wanted more ripping and tearing essentially. Yeah. But uh, Morgan, how did you feel about the cliffhanger? I, I wonder, because I was kind of in your boat too, Shane, I wonder, like, if you ever get a chance to, to like, if you're ever bored down the road to maybe give it another shot. Um, I only say that because I, I felt not maybe as unmoved as you, but I remember at the time not being as into it. And for some reason, having those four years of separation and being in the right mood for it, maybe, and just kind of getting into the, as you can tell how into it I am now. And if you go back and listen to when we first talked about it, I imagine I sound very different. Um so I was just throwing that out there. But here's the big thing I think is interesting about this. The cliffhanger, I think, is really cool because it makes you feel a little bit helpless. The whole game, you feel like you are an unstoppable, ripping and tearing, killing machine. And at the end, you're not only duped, but tethered away, helplessly. Fl- you can look like a baby flailing. Whee! And then and, and Hayden takes off, and it's over. You, you've been duped. And, <laughs> and, and that's it. And, and it's Good like the wind. whole game, it's like a power thing. And then on top of that, I think there's this sort of really brilliant level where Doom is basically a classic video game. You just run around and kill things, and they turn the story of Dr. Hayden using you as like his lackey, as sort of like the narrative of subtext there, where you are his just his lackey. But that's simply what early video games kind of were. You were just killing things for no reason, really. You picked up the controller because you're at your friend's house or you, wherever, and you just killed things, right? Because well, I was a just kid because. And I was frustrated. And uh-huh. I had no outlet for it. Right, sure. right. And I was thinking about this sort of subtext. Like if I don't where... kill this Dracula Hitler, who will? <laughs> <laughs> no, Wolfenstein I, I, is fun. I agree. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not the it's not the first game to play with that idea by any means. But I thought that the implementation of it in here was actually pretty smart. Yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. I think it'd be even for me. I think it'd be even more accurate to say to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying that the they use. The story is obviously a very, very generic, typical story. We've seen it hundreds of times in games and movies and books. But what's interesting is the setting, where it takes place, and how certain parts of it unfold. Like certain uh, little story story beats inside of that main story, which is what separates it apart from any other generic video game, in yeah. part. One hundred percent. If I sat down with the developers of Doom Eternal and I was going to be honest with them, and they wouldn't want to, I'd say, "Look, with Doom twenty sixteen, you showed 
elegance and restraint in a game about ripping and tearing demons with your narrative, and then you you lost it. You just you got tempted by the dark side of of bloating your bullshit, and I don't. And I feel like maybe they had more on the line bringing Doom Doom to a new audience with 2016, and then when people liked it, they just went nuts. And that's that's a human thing. I get it. Um, like Rich has said a million times, he on we both think Doom Eternal is a three star game, but because Doom 2016 exists for me, it's a one star game because I find it offensive in in the wake of what exists. I don't think Doom Eternal is an offensive game. It's just offensive to me because of the prior product they created. Is that a one that out of sense. one stars? That it one gets? out of it's well, a, it's a joke. I think reviews are silly, but Mo- it was Morgan, that's five. your fault for believing in something. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I mean, I hope you learned your lesson. I just by coincidence, for uh, people to know, I was just ironically fucked because I finished Doom 2016 the day before Eternal came out, mm. and I literally the day before, and I remember booting that up and going, "No, it's they." You know, it's not that they got rid of the whole story; they just jumped way ahead in the future, as if to say, you know, you do eventually get to Doctor Hayden and all that shit. We'll talk about later, but it's very much like. Well, the the whole thing for me was I walked away from that initial game thinking, okay, so what is Doom Eternal going to be? Okay, we're going to go kick Hayden's ass. And then it wasn't that at all. Right. Yeah. 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 I can see that being the case. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like, Rich, you haven't spoken much on it. I don't know if you want to add anything, but it seems like the cliffhanger worked for all of us for different reasons. I'd say it worked for me. I like. I think what I just said kind of sums up my feelings on it. Like, I was all in for it, but I, I don't really need to add too much to what the other guys had to offer. Okay, okay. So if you I, want, Shay, when mm-hmm. we talk about Doom Eternal, I can just uh, take a big dump on my microphone, and I think that gets some of my entire thoughts. I just, uh, just that save us some time. <laughs> if if you can do me a favor, um, if, you, if you're going to do that, please make sure you have like a fajita or something. That way, it sizzles <laughs> when it's sitting on the microphone. Yeah, just get a little sizzling sound. No, I, I have one serious philosophical thing, and we can go quicker through Eternal if you want. Rich actually has a lot of good thoughts. <laughs> no, on we're not Eternal going quicker through Eternal. Definitely, it's going to be okay. the longer one. I would assume. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. man, I'll keep all my answers yeah, short because they, they had to retcon the rest of the series together know, in Eternal. I, I say that, but I still have thoughts. Um, I, my my question for you guys on a deeper level is maybe when they went to make the story, I'm not excusing it, but maybe the idea of this sort of revenge thing, they were having trouble making it compelling. Like, okay, he wants to track down Hayden and get him. Maybe they were having issues making that compelling. I don't know. Because, you know, it's I'm curious as to see why they jumped so far in the future. We're missing the middle game here. Anyways, I'll shut up now. No, you're good. One thing I do want to say is that, and we're about to learn because we're going to go into the second part. We actually didn't jump that far in the future. We jumped a whole eight months. Doom Eternal is technically only eight months later. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. But um, the other thing uh. I was going to say is I actually could see that being the case, Morgan, because you spend the whole first one searching for Olivia. You want to spend another game searching for another character. And yeah, I don't I don't know how you would make that interesting. But to I think be that- fair, Doom Eternal is just you searching for two other characters. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. You're yeah, not wrong. yeah, it's and they're even less interesting, and there's no cliffhanger at the end, so it's just nothing. Yeah, that's fair. But let's let's move on from that. I have one more question about Doom, and then we will jump into the sequel. So this game spent many years in development. It was being developed, and then it went into development hell, and then it got switched hands, and then finally they figured out how they wanted to to develop it, what they wanted to create, and it was finished. 
about 10, 12 years later. Considering the lengthy development cycle with this game, did you expect it to be as good as it was, Josh? No, I did not expect it to be good at all. Um, I just, I did not. I've seen a lot of other, like, hey, let's modernize an old classic. And generally that means either remove everything that was interesting about the original or just make a clone of the original that learns none of the lessons we've learned over the decades. Um, and so I have no hopes whatsoever whenever it comes to trying to remake um, that sort of a game. And uh, yeah, like I, w- I was really surprised, really surprised by how well they were able to make a shooter that was that fast paced feel as good as it did yeah that's fair that's fair morgan now you said that you didn't have a lot of um experience with doom i mean you you said you had played the original um on a computer in passing you had a lot of experience with other games though you were a big uh fan of the halo franchise and whatnot and i'm sure you'd heard a little bit about doom coming into this game did you have expectations for it to be as good as it was, or were you just kind of walking into it blindly? Tell us your thoughts. No, and I didn't appreciate it as much in 2016 as I think I sh- I wish I should have. Um, the timing is weird for us with the podcast because it came out before we launched the show, and I was trying to smash it in between like our Uncharted Four stuff. And I don't know, I just wasn't really in the mood for it. I rented it. I don't I don't feel like I I wouldn't say I gave it didn't give it a fair shot, but I don't think I was invested in 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 it or the timing was off or what have you. But I will just I will say this succinctly: I've spent zero seconds in my life thinking about Doom <laughs> in any shape or form. So. That's um, and now I'm. I think about it probably more than I should, and it's embarrassing. Nah, the no, average American thinks about Doom and Abe Lincoln four times a day. <laughs> I thought I can do the every six seconds joke, mostly. right? No, one thing I would say, Morgan, to kind of speak to that is that was during the time when we first started the podcast, and that was during a time where we were trying to play every AAA title, whether or not we wanted to, yeah. every game, whether or not we wanted to. Yes. And during that time, 2016. I don't know if you guys remember how prolific that year was in gaming. It just oh my felt God. Like fucking a game a week when we first started out until the end of the year. Yeah. That was dude, super dude. stressful. And I and I think with that game releasing at around a similar time to when we started doing all of that, I think well, so Doom dropped in November. Uh I remember that because that w- I'll never forget playing that game and what was happening in the world was happening as well. But, um, yeah, I, that game just was smack dab in the middle of some other incredible games, much like this one. So, yeah. um, I could see that you were, you not being as focused as a viable. I, yeah. Yeah. I completely, I see feel that. like I, I learned a lot from that experience. And if, if I could go back in time, I would kick inside off my top five and I would put, it would be uh doom Final fantasy 15, no man's sky. Um, Abzu and oh, Uncharted Four. Yeah, I was gonna say Uncharted Four would better be on that yeah. fucking top five. So I would kick Inside, and I love Inside, but I feel like now this game means a lot more to me. I haven't wanted to play Inside again 
and uh, and I ended up plat. I'm going to go for the platinum in this game. So yeah, I would I would switch my top five around. That's fair. That's fair. It, I think that'd be an interesting thing that we should think about in the future is like going back and looking at some of our game of the year list. Rich unfortunately wouldn't be able to do that, so we'd have to figure out some way to do that. But just going back and looking at that that list and seeing if just for fun it wouldn't be official if we would retool our lists. Rich, just make up an old list and then change it. I mean, I have game of the year lists from. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's like, true. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, then. That's... I was asking for your game of the year list a couple. Or no, I was asking for a review, an old review that was well, going Well, yeah, right. I'd have to dredge it up, man. Like, you're asking me to, like, do work. <laughs> I mean, you are getting paid to do it. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Well, checkmate, fucker. Uh, anyways, well, Rich... I think the review in question, I didn't remember what website I reviewed it for. And uh, that was the yeah, issue. that's true. That's... Not I just wanted to reflect on it. I thought it'd be kind of fun now that you were here because we could reuse some of that content too. But I remember reading it. I think you gave Final Fantasy 15 a 10 and you gave... No, I most certainly did not. I think you did. No, I, I, I most certainly I did not. I think you did. Well, I can't I neither of us. Nine. Anyways, if you can find it, I'd love to talk about it. Anyways. <laughs> Rich, considering the lengthy development cycle, how good did you expect Doom to be? Uh, I can say my expectations based off it being, like Josh had said, um, a retool of a classic game like this that we've seen crash and burn a million times. Um, and also that really, really 90s box art. Uh, I was expecting nothing. Um, though I do want to say, this is probably after it and Machine Games did Wolfenstein, The New Order. And so maybe that was like the one glimmer of hope I had because that was a great fucking game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I wasn't expecting it to set the world on fire, but, uh, I, I wasn't expecting the game I got. Literally, they set the world on fire. Damn it. Now that's more like Doom Eternal, but eh, I tried. Mars. Earth on fire. I guess it's not really the world. It's my world. A world. Yeah. It's a world. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody expected it to be as good as it was because I don't think Doom 3 was a game that was particularly liked by a ton of people. I know that it was kind of the low point totally of that franchise. So it's also worth noting id was a very different studio than it was during doom three by this time. Yeah. So uh, like as far as known quantities, there really weren't any, like, like I said, I think we already had Wolfenstein, the new order, which is a fantastic game. So if anything, that was the glimmer of hope for what this could be. and one thing people forget, Rich, I, is that id games are known for being fucking gorgeous. And like Doom, like Doom 2016 is looks a lot better than I remember it looking. And their games, like they were like Rage. I always forget they made Rage, but um, they're a technical, they they're their technical prowess is is really impressive. Maybe don't hang their hat on Rage, but I get what you mean. <laughs> I mean, Rage was a beautiful game for the time. But I'm just talking about how pretty it was. That's yeah. All. Yeah. No. No. You're not wrong about that. No, it was a gorgeous game at that time. And that that boomstick. But wingstick, wingstick. Wingstick, sorry, wingstick, yeah. Wingstick. But okay, well that wraps up Doom 2016. Um we are going to move on to Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm.